this is the official Scottish Rugby podcast with Caroline Blair and Chris Patterson. We are back inside the Scotland Team Hotel as we look ahead to Super Saturday this weekend. And who better to do that with than Pete Horn? Pete, I mean, well, for a start, we Fifers tend to find each other <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Sandwiched the border over here. <laughs> it's normally that I'm outnumbered here by borders, folks. So uh, this is a rare treat for me. Uh, yeah, how you doing, Pete? It's been brilliant. Yeah, I've. Uh Loved it to be honest. Like it was, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, kind of how it's all come about. And yeah, like I was just delighted to to come in and help out in whatever way I could. You know, whether that's just picking up the cones or or whatever. And um, yeah, it's just kind of spiraled from there. So no, I've I've loved it. I've tried to just soak everything up and and do whatever I can to to help. And yeah, fingers crossed that it's kind of it's been positive. You know, we've we've had a pretty good campaign. It was a shame, obviously, the last couple of weeks I think um, but I'm sure we'll get into that picking up the cones yeah. hey as if you know coming in <laughs> here picking it was up meant to be only the first couple of weeks though wasn't mm-hmm. it you're yeah. secondment if you like from Glasgow cause you, but you're jumping back and doing Glasgow as well so yeah yeah you've been pretty busy ah it's been it's <laughs> been full on we were two weeks here then I was back to Glasgow for a week and then I was meant to go to South Africa that with um, yeah and Gregor had asked if I could stay in Lions. It was a Lions game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, Lions, yeah. So I managed to stay here and we went to, to Paris for the France game and stuff, which was really cool. And yeah, then Gregor asked again about the last couple of weeks. So no, like I said, it, it's been awesome. Just really that call or that conversation that you had with Gregor, how did that play out? And did you have an inkling it might be coming? Nah, like it all moved really fast. Like I, oh, I still phone Gregor every now and again just for a chat about you know attack and like the game and you know how it's going and things things that we're seeing things that he's seeing he's he's got a brilliant mind you know so it's all it's awesome that he'll make a bit of time for you to to pick his brain so um yeah i phoned him for a bit of advice on a couple of things and we were blethering away about some stuff and then he was like i'll give you a call next week and i was like all right i never really thought much of it and then the next week when he phoned he was like uh do you fancy coming in to, to help out? And I was like, oh, absolutely. You know, I was absolutely delighted. So um, although it was kind of, like you said, it wasn't like it was an official capacity at the start, like, you know, just phoning and telling mum and dad and stuff, they were delighted. My wife, Kirsten, was, um, yeah, she was buzzing as well. It was it was cool. So no, it, it was, it was awesome. Like I said, it was, it's been a great experience and it was almost a little bit overwhelming, you know, kind of not long in to uh, professional coaching, if you like, since I finished up and uh, to get the chance to come in and help out with your country, it was something that, yeah, it was a real honour, you know. You see, not long into professional coaching, but you've coached for a long time, Pete, all, pretty yeah. much all through your playing days. Is yeah. It? You've been doing a lot of coaching, a lot of hands-on, and the transition between playing and coaching involved a lot of coaching as well, obviously, Super 6, Ayrshire Bulls even before that as yeah. well, before being head coach. Is there a coaching bug inside you? Has it always been that you, you played as a coach almost, if that makes sense, in terms of reading of the game and understanding the game? Has it always had that coaching? I don't you know played as a player, You played as a player as well. Like. We, we call them clever players. But there's always been that nous yeah. as to how you played and, and how you've, can you, I suppose, communicated as a player. Was there a, a drive from day one to, to coach? I think there was. Definitely. Um, mum was a tennis coach when we were younger. And your dad did a lot of coaching. Yeah, my dad coached a lot of rugby. You know, pure because of me and my friends initially, when we went down in primary yeah. three, he kind of just offered, you know what it's like, yeah. your old man just comes down to watch and he's like, oh, right, I'll help. <laughs> and uh, But he got a real bug for it and he was so passionate about it. He'd done really well. He'd done all, the, you know, went and done all his badges yeah. and just took a real keen interest to help out in whatever we could do. And 
I think I think it all started with every summer. Mum was doing summer tennis camps, mm. and we'd be dragged around all over Scotland, kind of helping out. And you get used to just yeah, like it's good fun working mm. with. It was all young kids at the time, you know, but like trying to teach them motor skills mm. and their coordination and things. And I just always liked yeah being around people. You know, I'm quite extroverted, I guess. And um, yeah, I loved it. That's how it kind of started. Then I started doing bits with George's team. Obviously, him being like five, six years younger than me, it meant I could try and help out there when I could. Um, and then I wanted to be a PE teacher when I left school. That was the kind of plan originally. Obviously, playing meant that I had to put that on the back burner. But again, I just was like, oh, I'm going to jump in and kind of try and keep my hand in. So I started, like you said, coaching in the in the club game initially. It was down at Hawks. I'd done a few years down there. Done a little bit with GHK, then Sterling. I'd done some defence. Then yeah, then went over to Air, and and now it's uh, yeah, it's led on to here. So it's definitely it was something that I was really conscious about. I didn't want it to be a case of like the classic chat that you get at the jobs for the boys or whatever. Yeah. I want it to be like although the only reason I hadn't been able to do more coaching was because of my playing, but I wanted yeah. to do as much as I could. So you know, I've been yeah, I feel like I've kind of had a good good background in it. It's it's also helped me be like, this is what I want to do, you know, mm -hmm. so many times you come out of it and guys you're sort of a bit lost, but yeah. It helps like, as a player as well to coach, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like when you're still playing. As a player you, coach. Yeah, mm -hmm. you, well, you almost have to practice what you preach and mm. it puts a pressure on delivering what you're asking others to do. Yeah. You probably, I assume you'd have felt that when you're still playing for Glasgow, but coaching at Stirling or coaching at Hawks. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, time or, the, were, or the hang you did, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I know. I know. Uh, we used to laugh about that all the time. And, you know, I'd be like, all right, Denny. Denny be, yeah. Just, um, Steve Tandy walking past that. Throwing some abuse at, but I don't know if he meant to walk into the exit. He's got the toilet because if he's went to the exit, it's got a bad fire. He's not coming back. He's committed now. He must have went the right way. Sorry, and you go, Pete. Um, yeah, no, like you said, you you can't be asking people to do things and then being rubbish at themselves. Yeah. So, um, no, like it, it was always. It would be different, I think, if you were if I was playing and you were picking yourself to yeah, go and play because yeah. then you're kind of like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> you know, you're like putting the tackle stats up and if you've missed three or four, you're a wee bit like... So um, it was always fine in that sense. Uh, and, um, yeah, it was fine. And you are coaching, George, uh, mm. at international level. What's that like, coaching your wee brother? Yeah, it's mad. It's funny. It's, <laughs> oh, he's, he's golden. He's um, someone who... He loves training. He loves working hard. And... Um, like it's not awkward or that at all like I guess like I coached his club team a lot as well when he came through to mm -hmm. Glasgow he mm -hmm. went to Hawks and that was a big reason I kind of was involved with them and so I've been doing it for a while with them and because he's very critical of himself it makes it easy to then you know help him out give him little bits of and he's like so driven in that he almost he takes care of himself so it's not too too bad do he's, you get different perks though as, as a member I mean 45 caps for Scotland as a player now you're in the coaching setup within Scotland how is that different are there are there any differences in terms of the the day-to-day -day <laughs> life inside the camp um it's like the the coaching staff we've got here they work so hard but it's just it's also been in those just like in our meetings and stuff there's a lot of good fun and then edgy just looks after the, the coaches he really mm -hmm. he does there's um like on saturday there after team run we came straight back and we had a preview of italy and um, <clears throat> we're watching their game and then just like three bags of like crisps and sweets and popcorn <laughs> and that, you know, and everything pitched up and we're like, ah, this is all right. This is all right, actually, yeah, exactly. this coaching lark. Exactly. So, uh, no, it is, it's, it's, it's been great. Obviously, 
Yeah, it's a bit different um, than playing. Like, you know, last night I took my BOZ, put a message in the group saying we had to chuck some stuff up in the team room. So I went up and everyone's playing table tennis and I'm like, I've got to go and look at Monster. You know, yeah, I'd love yeah. to just be slapping balls about with them. But at the same time, it's, um, it's grand, it's different, it's good. There's, uh, I suppose, loads of different ways of coaching. He said already you're a people person, you're extroverted, and your communication's outstanding, and the respect you get from as a, being a player and how you played and how you coach. But how would you describe your style of coaching or your coaching philosophy? Is it, I guess, attack based, but you're working on the breakdown, the contact area in Glasgow? Is it a similar role in Scotland? And like, what would you, I, I think I know the answer to this, but your coaching philosophy, what, how would you, uh, can you sum that up? I really. I, I think life is about relationships, building relationships with people. And I personally think the best way to do that is to be really upbeat, really energetic, um, very positive. Like I do try and always look at the positive side of every situation and, you know, try and even if it's like, even like constructive criticisms, like a lot of the time when we're showing clips and things to the boys, I, you know, you can see why or, mm -hmm. you know, the reason that they've maybe made that mistake or things. And it's, and it's like, you know, I think almost uh, getting through to the players as well that like making mistakes and things and failing, that's only going to help you get better and grow and, you know, taking that sense of doom and gloom away. I think I was really bad as a player. I was so bad, so critical of myself. Like overthink uh, stuff. Yeah, I used to overthink Hard on everything. Yourself, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. tear myself to pieces. <laughs> like it wasn't until I finished that my wife was like, honestly, like weeks. She said she used to just dread watching me play in case I had a bad game, and you know she was like, you know, if you lost or that, it would ruin our weekend. And I was like, really? Like <laughs> what? You know? And I felt it made me feel like, a, a, yeah. I'm a bad person. I was going to say someone else, but you know, like I felt terrible about it. So I've tried really hard now when we're coaching that I'm, I'm getting better. It, it helps massively having kids. You know, I've got it gives you a lot more perspective on things. That there's and a age lot more as well. That uh, definitely, hundred percent. He's not that old. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Thirty-three. Yeah, thirty-three. Yeah. yeah. Still young though. Yeah, well, So I'm trying a lot more to. It's almost you look back and. I think like that was pathetic. Like I shouldn't have been like but that. It wasn't you know? pathetic at the time though. No. That, that's the thing because I know exactly where you're coming from. I know exactly what it means when you have a bad game and how you feel. But like that was part of you at that time. Yeah, and that's what made you successful at that time. It's easy to look back and think, "I wish you could have done things differently." But if you could have, would you? So, um, so if you, if the you only knew thing, now, the you, only thing that I regret, and I think I've said this before, um, isn't it getting grumpy or being hard on myself? It's not um, allowing a Sorry, myself to have a pat in the back every now and again. Mm. Like if I did achieve something or was a success or record broken, my fear was always if I don't improve that next time I train or next time I play, then I've effectively failed. Like you're going backwards. So and quick think, to be hard on yeah, yourself, yeah, but like not quick like, to like, celebrate. That's the new base level. You have to exceed it. Mm -hmm. Rather than thinking, oh, that was actually okay. Well, he did quite well there. So I never really gave myself a pat in the back, and that's the only regret. But my opportunity to on the back of few and far between but if you get them I think you should, you should yeah. take them you know? yeah 100% and I, I do think though that'll be the reason why you achieve so much and it's like yeah. natural that as soon as you as soon as you get something you want more you yeah. know it sounds ridiculous but like I remember 
you know, when you get you get in the academy at Glasgow, say, you're just like, oh, I'd, I'd do anything for a pro contract. Yeah. As soon as you've got that, you're like, I want to play. Mm -hmm. Then you play a game, you're thinking 10. And then before you know it, you're like, Scotland's on the horizon. Yeah. You're like, all I want to do is a childhood dream. One, give me one cap, I'd do anything <laughs> for one cap. What happens when you've had one? Exactly. You walk off the pitch and like, you're not even really... You want you, another, don't you? Exactly. Straight away. You're not even yeah. really processing what's happened. All you're thinking about is like, I want more, I want mm -hmm. more. You know so how do you coach that now, knowing what you do about life, what it's taught you, life after rugby, and now into coaching, how do you coach players when you're watching them approach the game the way you did, knowing that it has success attached to that yeah. mindset too? Yeah, like I said, when I said it was pathetic of me, I guess the thing I mean <laughs> pathetic about is almost like the way that I portrayed that onto Kirsten and, okay. and the family. You know, the fact that I've ruined her weekend because I've had a bad game. That's selfish, I guess. To be fair, we'd also um, say that anyway sometimes. Just to get <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, I think like letting players run with that because I it, it meant that, you know, if there were, because you do want more, it's, it then means you're really driven and you want to get better and that's you know infectious so then you can just you're just trying to help facilitate that in any way you can um that's a coach's dream you know when they come in and the players like we've the group of boys that we've got at the moment they're like that like anything you throw at them they just it's and i think that's why i'm loving coaching so much at the moment because it is it's because of the group you know if it was a different group of boys who didn't couldn't care less they weren't driven they didn't want to win they were, you know, they weren't arsed, they just turned up and picked up a paycheck or whatever. I would, I'd battle with that. Mm -hmm. Like I always used to say to the S&C boys, like I don't know how you do it, like sometimes I felt like I would always really struggle to motivate players that didn't have the same kind of motivation that, you know, mm -hmm. that guys like Moss had when he was playing, you know. And But I found that by being really positive and trying to bring that energy, you you can't, like the group just respond to that, like they do, they, they buy in and again like I said I'm really lucky like when guys come out sometimes you get a wee feeling that they're a wee bit flat and then you know within a couple of minutes they'll all be whooping and having a laugh and enjoying themselves and it's awesome and it can be the same motivation every day mm. like I think if you're coaching clubs and you're maybe doing once or twice a week and, and playing you know one weekend but like when you're doing a couple of sessions per day uh, and day on day week on week and you have to find yeah well uh, and just in general as well okay. with, with Glasgow you have to find different motivation so that motivation can't always be the same thing and that's a challenge of the coach as well but the best coaches find it and sometimes the answers are out there so you ask the players yeah. uh, like actually what's what do you want to focus what on this week what, what's the spark this week give us something what's it feeling like and that's a, that's a big part of coaching as well isn't 100%, it 100% absolutely and like I do think trying to make things fun like it's yeah. got to be fun that's why we all played yeah. Um, and like not everyone's a code head so mm. they don't want to like be in the books and on, on the laptops mm. all the time in between but you've got to try and get things that the players can then hook into and they'll and you know even in training as well like I do I get really insecure about <laughs> like you know things being a bit boring or dull or you know the same drills or things so I try and mix it up a lot and so are you hard on yourself now in the way that you were as a player too uh, but in a, maybe in a, a more mature way do you think yeah, probably. I guess like one of the the biggest things, like my learning so far, is like you've got to constantly be reflecting on what we're doing. You know, everyone says to me like all the coaches that I speak to, I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to connect to, with as many 
you know other coaches as as I can and all the guys you speak to they're like where you start they're like wow when I look back I'm embarrassed at some of the things that you know so I'm constantly trying to make sure I'm reflecting on everything keeping a little journal if you like um I've been doing a master's um down on in sports directorship and the first module was all about leadership and it there was a massive section on like self-reflection and um, I've tried to get a lot better at that to try and like constantly be be learning and like I'm not saying you know it's making much of it. <laughs> I'm getting a lot, I'm sorry I'm getting that's sidetracked good. here no this is really I'll tell you why this is fascinating because a couple of minutes ago you've just told us that as a player you had that mindset like mm -hmm. we hear from a lot of the best players that you get that taste of that first first outing for Glasgow you get the first professional contract it evolves from there to your first cap and then your last cap yeah and what I'm fascinated by now is hearing how you apply that mindset to your coaching journey because I think the word for you so far, you could argue, would be stratospheric so far. You've, in a, a short space of time, you cut your teeth at Ayrshire Bulls yeah. and we're now, and having had history before that too, but you're also now getting a taste of the Scotland national setup. So, how do you, as an individual, set your targets for the next part of your career? I guess I've not really had a minute to think. Um, like when I got into it, I was like, I was like, to, obviously, I spoke a lot with Kirsten about it. I was like, this is a family decision. You know, if I'm going down this route, it's going to be full on. Um, and, like, like, it makes me emotional thinking about it. Like, she's been, like, amazing with me about it, you know, and, like, her and the kids. Like, I'm really insecure about being a, a sloppy dad, if you like, not being back there with the, the kids as much as I probably could have because it is so all-encompassing, like... But um, she was just like, oh, babe, like the thought of you going <laughs> to work in a suit or something. She started laughing, you know, and I was like, what? I could do. I could go to work in a suit. I could go and sit at a desk. She's like, nah, you'd just annoy everyone. <laughs> like, you'd just be talking and like, you'd, you know, people would, you'd never give anyone a minute's peace. You'd never get anything done. So she was like, nah, you have to be out there, like, doing your thing. So, like, it's... Um, yeah, she like, and I guess when I thought I go, I was like, right, I'm I'm gonna chuck myself into this. I'm gonna give it everything I've got and mm -hmm. and see where it takes us. And I was like, you know, if I'm like rubbish at it, I'll I'll find someone else. You know, so yeah, like it's real early at the moment. And things I've been like so lucky. Like I said, the group of boys that I've got have done have been amazing, and that makes you look better than you probably are. Um, and then that's helped you know it's kind of jumped on to, to things I've had a couple of other opportunities that I've been really really lucky with and like I said it's just been a whirlwind that I've been loving and yeah it's been it's been good where's the game in terms of um I suppose since you played it's only really 18 months two years really isn't it? the game yeah. flies on it does change but in terms of I see a change in international rugby in the last two or three years I think mm. more rugby has to be played I think the the blueprint maybe two or three years ago for success was not to have the ball, to hit everybody, to win penalties, to win turnovers, to score for that. But now I think internationally, probably driven by what France do, what Ireland do, and what, yeah. how we play, it's coming back to that attack rather than um, kind of defence orientated. The, the defence still has to be absolutely. Thank God it has. Eh? I know. Oh. It's, it's, a, it's, it's great I think, to watch. Yeah. Better to watch. Yeah. Maybe selfishly, I think it's better. Well, listen, there's, there's real pride in watching a team win through defence and you know, yeah. digging it out. That still remains. Just because there's a more attacking element to the game, it doesn't mean that that defensive bit's forgotten about. But in terms of where you see the, the game going, I say that's my views in terms of international rugby at the moment. And I can only see that continuing. Would you agree? And if so, then what do Scotland and Glasgow and 
our players need to get right in order to make that game successful. Yeah, I think, like you said, like the beauty of rugby is there's so many different ways yeah. that you can, you know, win a game. So many different game plans and the way you break down and see space opportunities, ways that you're going to win. It can change differently week to week. Like, like you said, I'm loving the fact that we are playing a bit of rugby again, you know. And and I do think that you know this whole thing with Netflix being here and filming it all, it's going to bring a whole new to open a few eyes. Exactly. Yeah. And those people are going to want to see tries. They're mm. going to want to see line breaks and things that get you out your seat. The brand has to be exciting. Doesn't Absolutely. It? The, the game has to be good to watch. Yeah, I think so. You know, you want to play, see, watch rugby playing the right way. You want to see guys expressing themselves smiles on faces now i'm biased as anything because i love throwing the ball around and you know and that stuff but how what, what do you need to get right to play like that though exactly it just this is it abandoned, and, isn't it? and that's why i love the breakdown yeah. in in that way is because to play that way it's got to be off the back of like a real hard-nosed edge around yeah. the breakdown you've got to have the best um you know you can't be just sloppy around that so it's kind of like, the, I think Ireland call it their heartbeat. It's the heartbeat of any good team, you know, is the breakdown. And and you've got to have an amazing defence. That's why, you know, Steve's obviously completely transformed Scotland's defence. He's been, honestly, working with that guy. He is amazing. In what way? What is it? Obviously, uh, we see, we again, see it, but for you, what's he it, what's it like? What does he bring? He is another one who's always looking at ways that he can... So as soon as an attack's like, maybe like this is a potential threat, he'll be trying to get ahead and he's like, this is how we're going to solve it. So his system is detail. The, but, but the biggest thing is just like, you know, when he's up presenting things, you're like, I feel like I want to chuck the boots yeah. back on and go and play. You know, boys want to play for him. Yeah. And like, that's so important for a defence coach. Um, you know, you need the players to want to go out there and, and spill a bit of blood for you, you know, and body on the line kind of thing. Yeah. And he's got that in spades. But the bits you're talking about are they're applicable to every level. So whether you're back coaching your wee brother when yeah. twenty odd years ago, like or players now at that age or your club games you're involved in, the school games you were involved in, like it's still that breakdown's still about evasion. Mm. So move it find space, move the ball to space, try and get to where a defender's got more space to cover, put some footwork on them so that the, the, the contact if it comes is on your terms rather than defensive terms present the ball back get a clear it really quickly so you can move the ball away again yeah. it, it's like yeah. I sometimes think international rugby I think we can overcomplicate it Simpli simplify it straight back it, 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 it's yeah. exactly what Pete's saying about yeah. just the breakdown's a heartbeat but actually the breakdown is it's born from evasion rather than collision and I think at the moment like a lot of probably misunderstanding is that rugby's all about collision it is but if you can evade collisions and take them on your terms, mm. your breakdown's going to be better. I think that's probably some in the way the game has changed in the last four or five years. Like, that's all we talk about, collisions, winning collisions, physicalities, double tackle. You know, and, and it is, it's so physical. But I guess, like, when I look at the way, especially for Scotland, it's applicable. We, the type of players that we've got, we've got some of the best, like, most exciting players in the world, you know? Some of our, our backs, some of our back row. You know, no disrespect our forward, our, our front rows are outstanding and things but I do think that I don't know if you're if you're playing that really kind of what's the word I'm looking for um, you know if you if you're playing the 
What's the word I'm trying to bring? Abrasive? Yeah, mm. like a real abrasive kind of... I, I had a, guess that. I had it when I was saying it. I thought you were going to I had about four words in my head that might have been... I thought you were going to go more in Italian. I thought you were going to go down... Like pragmatic, if you like. So I was miles off. Yeah, I was miles off. I was going to base it. So like, I guess like the way the sort of box kick changed the fame. Like a systematic type Yeah. If it's bringing you results... formulaic type... Yeah, like you've if got you're loads really of ones to choose for now. People if you're just really them, <laughs> we've just we've moved on to countdowns podcasting. <laughs> if you're playing that way, if you're winning games, great. Yeah. I think people will buy in. But as soon as they're not, yeah. then I think everyone's like, "This is, it's not because no. it's not that fun." You know, yeah. it isn't. There's maybe fun for a couple, but even like our big men, like Xander, Scooby, and them, they love catching and passing. They love getting the ball. They love seeing guys. They know. They've done their bit. If I've won a collision in here, run over the top of somebody, got quite ball, and we score in the corners because I've done my bit here. Because it's getting know? the balls to the backs. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. It's like so. Like everyone's got such a key role, and I think, yeah, I just think that's the way that for long-term success, like guys are way more likely to buy in and then want to play. Like mm -hmm. I said, want to play for you, want to play for that club, for that team. If you're playing a nice brand of rugby, that's good fun to be a part of. Then like when you start getting success on top of that, that's when like stuff's going to be really special. In my opinion, I guess, when yeah, you get and back that's, to the philosophy and that's, stuff. That's what the point I was trying to make. It's applicable mm. to everybody. Mm. Like all levels. All levels. It's the same thing. Speaking of, um, I mean, we can't be speaking to Pete Horn and not have a chat with you about Glasgow Warriors as well. The impact that Franco Smith has made, fourth in the URC table, last 16 of the Challenge Cup. Yeah. Talk to us a bit about Glasgow Warriors under Franco Smith and what's it been like coaching with him? Yeah, it's been great. He's been he's been brilliant since he came in. Um, just got us back to like really working really hard. Uh, That's training the word hard. that everybody says. Everybody says he makes us work yeah, really hard. Yeah. The players are <laughs> he does and his work ethic's outstanding. It just kind of rubs off on everyone. But the way he he really drives standards in training, you know, every he'll sometimes he'll be stood at the back watching something and then his big farmer's whistle will go and he'll go through somebody for something as small as like ball placement. And some people like it's great it's great for me because that's one of my areas so i'm like yes because then everyone will just that'll just get even better you know mm -hmm. so he does he holds the players to really high standards and it's been brilliant it's rubbed off like now guys they they do they just when they're out on the field they're way better at like getting on the field switching on and you know their stands have been brilliant they're training hard they're working hard and you can see that in our games like we're starting to yeah like we're playing a lovely brand of rugby under franco like he loves playing the game you know in my opinion the right way but um it, again it's built off of the back of hard work and a real like physicality around mm -hmm. the breakdown and stuff so it's um it has it's, it's been brilliant i've really enjoyed it a big old game of months that they come yeah a massive game it? next week fourth versus fifth isn't it yeah it's it's huge and like any game against Munster is big it's funny mm -hmm. johan van gran um the bath coach he was in yesterday doing a um just like having a look at some of the mm -hmm. stuff and um, I was having a blather with him about just, yeah. He's former Munster coach. Yeah, he used to coach Munster, sorry, yeah. And um, he was joking about that. He said when he came in, he was like, Glasgow this week. And he said, oh, Peter O'Man, he was like, but he's like, right, what's the game plan this week? And he was like, we're fighting. <laughs> and he was like, ah, he was shocked and couldn't believe it. And, you know, he was saying yeah. to me, and I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right, you know, because yeah. that's just what it is. And it's a special fixture because there is this sort mm. of rivalry now that's built up over the last kind of 10 years, if you like there's a bit more juice to it you know yeah. it's not just a kind of mm -hmm. 
you know what I mean? Like, uh, not... Oh, we see it. Yeah, see exactly. It. Yeah. We feel it in the game. Exactly. It. And it means that all the players are just a little bit more revved up. And he was winding me up about Rory Scannell kicking a, a penalty in like the 83rd minute to beat us. And I was fizzing because it was Fuzzy's 150th cap. Mm. Um, and we thought, I thought it was going to be the perfect way for him, mm. perfect day. And then they kicked a pen in the 83rd to win it kind of thing from like 50 metres. And it was heartbreak. But like... Every game I've played against Munster, it's been brilliant in its own way. You know, it's it's been it's been really good. So it'll be a huge challenge this week, but it's certainly one that, like you said, if we're serious about mm. contending for for titles and things, then we need to be going over there and putting in a really good performance. Thanks. And just finally for me this weekend, Italy. Yeah. Uh, just a you know a, a threat that they probably haven't been before Run they've always France. had yeah I mean I have not got, as a player didn't have a particularly good record against Italy but the threat was their physicality the threat mm. was their their passion their passion their, 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 ironically their breakdown the size the physical size and stature but they still possess that but they've also got an attacking threat that they probably didn't have when I, when I played bits and pieces but not, not um, I suppose not consistently I think there are 26 line breaks throughout the four games which is higher I think we were yeah. 25 they're, so, yeah, they can improve their execution, but it's a proper test come Saturday, isn't it? Absolutely. Like last week, they they had the most line breaks in one game of any mm. game in the in the comp um, last week against Wales. So they're creating so many opportunities. And last week against Wales, they maybe didn't take mm. quite enough, obviously, to win the game. But um, Gregor put up a few great clips in the meeting just to emphasise that point where against France, you know, they they had a line out on the five metre mm. line and they're seven or was it against Ireland, sorry, where they're seven points down with five minutes to go. Then there's the, on the far side of the field, remember the one that Brex chipped yeah. as well? Yeah. They had a great mm -hmm. chance yeah. to beat France. So they've run the top two sides in the world, like so close. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, they're a massive challenge. Like you said, the, I said that to the boys today, everyone's played against Benetton, against um, Zebrin. Yeah, Zebra and Treviso and things, but you get just like a way more juiced up version of them yeah. when they're playing for their country. Like they've still got that passion. Mm -hmm. I think their skipper, I love that guy. Like he, yeah, yeah <laughs> like he's he's someone that you want to play for and he seems to just get everyone, mm -hmm. you know, so up for it. And then like you said, they've got this bit of flair about them now, you know, they can actually they can their skills are great, they can hold on to the ball, they're looking to play from anywhere, which makes them really unpredictable mm -hmm. and like I know their fullback puts will be a big loss to them because he's he's just a joy to watch as well, yeah. isn't he? Like, um, but no, they've got threats all over the field and they'll be coming here with nothing to lose. And that's always like the kind of when your back's against the wall, that's when you're kind of really dangerous, eh? And you can like they'll just be coming out chucking anything to what's the the old saying like caution to the wind they'll just go out and play and look to express themselves, have a bit of fun and and try and yeah knock us over. So. Look, I'm uh, got full confidence in our boys. Like everyone's been locked in since we got came in. I was, it was interesting to see how everyone reacted. Ireland, you know, we've been there before, where you feel like everything's going great, and then suddenly, like that's the, mm -hmm. the comp's done. We can't win it anymore. How do you get back from that? And um, I've been so impressed with the the group. You know, the connection of the group, the the closeness of them. They've all obviously they had a good Monday together, where they, you know, they got away from it for mm -hmm. a bit, but connected and yeah since they've come in on tuesday morning it's been awesome it's been brilliant so fingers crossed we'll uh yeah do a good job
Oh, here's to a uh, cracking occasion. Super yeah. Saturday, BT Murrayfield, packed out crowds. Doesn't get much better than that. Nah, it'll be it'll be awesome. So I'm sure you guys will both be there, right? Oh, we will be. Yeah. The bell's on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Pete. No, thanks a lot us. for it's the chat. It's always such a pleasure. We could speak to it. you for hours and then we're, get, we're getting that look as if to say he's needing to be fed and he needs <laughs> to get back to actually training the players. Brilliant. So no, thanks a lot, Thank guys. you very much Appreciate indeed. It. That's it this week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast for the latest news and content. You can log on to scottishrugby.org or Scottish Rugby's social media channels. Thank you.